Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88. Right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are. Positively different radio in the morning and you're with the Double L team, Lyle and... Liam, good morning, Lyle. How are you this morning? I am fantastic, amazing and incredible this morning. Fantastic, amazing and incredible to hear. What <laughs> What are you thankful for this morning? Ooh, what am I thankful for this morning? Okay, so I've got, I've got this really cool tool at the moment. Um, well, a really cool blade on a really cool tool. So a reciprocating saw okay. that I borrowed from a friend and I got this blade in it for cutting nails. Right. And it's just amazing because I'm pulling my house apart at the moment to renovate it and being able to just cut nails off rather than having to pry them out or whatever, it's just like, and they're done. Doesn't that leave something behind? Uh-huh. Is that not bad? No one's going to see it. Not yet. Can't see it, so who cares? All right, fair enough. Just a piece of steel sitting there, there waiting to quietly rust away back into dirt. There we go. Nice to hear that. How is your house going? Is it progressing? No. no. Oh, it's okay. degressing. Oh. I am still in the tear it apart stage. Oh, I see. I see. Which baby, is the fun baby part. Steps. It's the fun part. It is indeed. I was going to put something in yesterday, add something to it, but it'll probably be today where I actually first add something new. I'm putting in a big beam this afternoon, hopefully, if I can find the time to do so. I see. Very good. Yeah. Very good to hear. It'll be, it'll be good to do some construction rather than destruction for a change. <laughs> Very nice indeed. Well, this morning, I am thankful. Um, that, well, actually, last night, I, I forgot to brush my teeth. So this morning, I, I brushed it. Usually, I brush it at the end of the show after I have my breakfast. But this morning, I brushed my teeth and my, my mouth is uh, tasting nice and fresh and and uh, spicy, which is nice. Uh, but yes, happy days. Happy days all round. So, uh, so yeah, moving on though. This is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Coming over to today's news, we're going to take up the controversial subject of caffeine. Yes, indeed. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So we're going to get the big news article just came out today and we've been digging into it to find out the latest research in relationship to this, as it turns out, rather dangerous mind-altering drug that we're all kind of unaware of.
Back, guys. That was Bethany Dillon with Satisfy. You're listening to the Breakfast Show on Faith FM, and Liam is about to give you the clue for the quiz. I am indeed. Here first we go. Clue first the clue for the morning. This is who? Am- okay, this is- okay. So it says it's a who am I? Mm-hmm. Uh, we will just go with that for the time being. However, I think it could be a what am I? But we'll go with that. Okay. So here we go. Ezekiel 36 tells how after Israel is laid to waste. The Lord will make it like this. So Ezekiel 36, so a bit of a hint if you want to have a quick uh, quick look in your Bible at home. In Ezekiel 36, it tells how after Israel is laid to waste, the Lord will make it like this. And that's a who am I? According to this quiz at the top here, it yep, says it's a who am I. Who am I? Um, but Ooh, you have me intrigued with this one. I do not know the answer. I, I will. Or, look, I'll give a second hint saying that I think it may be a typo and should be a what am I. But that's... Well, we'll, that, see. that's we yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how it ends up. It's, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm keen to just see where this one goes. Yeah, so if you okay. know what the answer is... Ezekiel uh, 36, that'll give you the answer. It, it'll give you there. the answer, absolutely. You'll have to read the whole chapter, which would be good. <laughs> Time to have some uh, devotions and to read your Bible in the morning if you're not already on the road. Indeed. So, 1-800-324-843. Ezekiel 36 for breakfast this morning. Um, or text us on 0491-064-669 with the answer. And what have we got for a prize? The prize is uh, we had the, the first edition of this book uh, a couple of days ago. And this morning we have more incredible answers to prayer by Roger uh, Mornow.
Okay, so, Roger Morneau, more incredible answers to prayer. Indeed. Positively different news. Positively different news. We actually this morning have an example of an incredible answer to prayer. Um, so here at Faith FM, we have got a bunch of uh, radio towers and, and satellites right around the country. Yes, we're a national broadcaster. We are indeed. And so, which means that we have, I think, about 150 different transmitters. Yeah, and you know, every now and then some things go wrong for one reason or another. And right near where we are in Newcastle here at the conference office uh, for, for the Seventh-day Adventist Church, which is sort of the conference office, office is where everyone sort of meets. Headquarters for headquarters the, for the um, Adventist Church in North New South Wales. Absolutely. So right where near we are, there is a mountain called Sugarloaf Mountain. And on this mountain is where some of our transmitters are kept. Now, a couple of, was it weeks ago or, or I think it was a couple yeah, in the weeks last ago. Few weeks. In the last few weeks, we actually had someone break into where our satellite is kept, and they stole a bunch of equipment and and you sort of. Some of you might have wondered, been wondering why we were suddenly off air. Yeah, so we haven't why. we haven't been on air in in sort of the Sugarloaf area for a number of uh, weeks. However, last night our uh, the sort of the director of Faith FM, Michael, he was uh, he was really struggling and he was trying to work so hard to try and get this. And he had just about given up, and he he was very discouraged. And it was about eight thirty at night, I think he said. And um, he sent out. He, he he told his wife, and his wife was like, "This is a time where we need to take our, our discouragements to the Lord in prayer." So they did that. They prayed uh, a, a, a very powerful prayer. And at the end of the prayer, when Michael. Uh, he, he said amen. He noticed that his phone had a bunch of SMS messages from the, 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 the weather, the tower system. It sends you messages every now and then to keep you updated. And so we looked at it and by God's good grace, we were back on air in, ah, God. in the area. So yeah, so well, uh, good morning to all our, our listeners that, that tune into the Sugarloaf transmission. Uh, it's great to be with you again. It's been a while, but uh, yeah, we're with you once more. And the good news is that we may actually be moving towers to a bigger tower. Indeed, to, bigger to, is always better. To broaden our our scope, to broaden our our our, our uh, transmission area. So we're looking forward to expanding our horizons. Fantastic. Uh, in other news, this morning, over in England, there is this one man who owns a cleaning business. And he usually goes for walks. And on a particular walk that he goes, he walks past old churches. And at these old churches, there's old cemeteries. And he has recently started taking his cleaning equipment to these old cemeteries where there's these really, really old headstones. And he's got a bunch of chemicals and he, he cleans these headstones. And these are headstones from the, the 1800s that have been there for quite some time. So they're, by nowadays, they've got lots of moss, lots of, they, they don't look ideal. And he makes them look really, really good again. And he started taking his, he started bringing his children along. Um, he doesn't give the chemicals to the children. He just gives them uh, soap and water. And it does, it, you know, you got to spend a little bit more time and a little bit more love invested in it. But he says that it still does just a good a job. And yeah, he, he says that he'd encourage everyone. If they've got time, this is something that, uh, it, 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 I, 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 I look, I, me personally, it's not something I am overly comfortable with because just, Death for me is not something I'm overly fond of. However, there are some people where it it how do I put it? It fascinates them. It intrigues them. Not necessarily the death, but the history that comes uh, 
when they go to a cemetery, for example. Um, one story, one thing that often fascinates me whenever I hear pastors talk about this is that on a, on a tombstone, they've got the birth date and the death date. And in between that date, there's a dash. And they often talk about what is that dash for you? Because that's their life. That dash is their life. And some people, when they go to cemeteries, it's that dash that really intrigues them. And that's what they want to find out about. So there's, you know, in loving memory of this person who was a loving father or mother, wife, and talks about their family. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if you are somebody who goes on a daily walk and you walk past a graveyard, then maybe take some soap with you. Yeah, soap in it. And I think what's great is involving his kids and, of course, teaching them to respect people who have uh, passed away. Absolutely, which is a great example for them. This is uh, Bart Millard, "My Jesus, My Love." My Jesus, I love thee, and I know thou. For thee all the follies of sin I resign My gracious Redeemer My Savior art thou If ever I loved thee, my Jesus, tis
You're listening to Bart Millard with My Jesus and My Jesus, I Love Thee. I'll try and get the title for this one correct. I can't see why I keep messing it up each time. Let's have another clue for this quiz. I'm super intrigued. I'm super intrigued. Okay, so it's a who am I? It is, apparently. It's listed as a who am I? It's listed as a who am I. All right. Clue number two for the rest of this morning. A cherubim was placed on the east side of this, which is apparently a who but again, a clue that I am giving is that I believe it should be a what. So a cherubim was placed on the east side of this. Uh, so if you know what the answer to this question is, uh, or not necessarily a what, but maybe a, a, a where. Hey, it's in Ezekiel 36, so go do some reading. I wish I had the time to go read myself because I really want to find out the answer to it this It is one. indeed. So if you know what the answer is, give us a call at 1-800-324-843. That's 1-800-FAITH-FM. Or you can send us a text at 0491-064-669. And if you're the first person to call in with the correct answer, we will be sending you a copy of more incredible prayer answers to prayer okay so give us a call right now and of course a quick reminder and i usually forget to remind our early first hour breakfast show listeners uh this particular announcement uh every saturday morning uh, between 9 30 and 10 30 right here on faith fm matt para and myself small group interactive bible study for your worship uh you can call up and be part of the show and discuss with us as we discuss a Bible study topic together. So that is every Saturday morning, 9.30 to 10.30, um, during the coronavirus lockdown. We will be here to bring you small group interactive Bible study. Anyway, I'm seeing in interesting looks from uh, producer Shell well, and we're just Liam. discussing the uh, the quiz. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Okay, so Boris Johnson was re- due to return to uh, Parliament on Wednesday. Uh, for question time. It's going to be filled in by Dominic Rabb. He won't be there. Because? Because? His fiance Just gave birth. To a boy. Congratulations to Boris and Carrie. This is Carrie's first child, Boris's sixth. And uh, it's becoming a bit of a thing, bit of a thing in, uh, in, in the UK these days. Tony Blair, David Cameron all had children while, while they were in office. But they are the only ones, the only, it's only been in recent years that uh, this has happened in the last hundred years. It's getting they're the popular. Only ones that have uh, had children while in office. So congratulations to them. Our prayers are with them. And we pray that this little baby boy will grow up to uh, honour and serve God. wonder what the name's going to be. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> I'm sure we will find out. Anything to do with corona? We'll find out. Big article this morning in uh, the news section on the benefits of quitting coffee. Mm. Okay, so it lists off seven different benefits of quitting coffee. And this is one of the things that I'm just going to stop and have a brag for a moment because, uh, you know, for like the last 150 years, this is what Adventists have been teaching. Don't drink coffee. In fact, uh, one of the founders of our church, Ellen White, spoke very, very strongly against coffee a long, long time ago. And once again, science proves it right. Happens over and over and over again. Anyway, so here come your benefits. Number one, you will sleep way better. Um, eliminating coffee. Coffee keeps your cortisol and melatonin uh, at appropriate levels, at natural levels, which means that you're going to have better sleep and less fatigue. Uh, the next thing is that it's going to help you regulate belly fat. So some of you may be struggling with belly fat, uh, something that I kind of struggle to struggle with belly fat. But anyway, maybe that's because I don't drink coffee. Okay, so cortisol. So maybe if you're looking to put on weight, if you, if you are thin, 
would would this be a, a really bad idea? A bad idea. It would be a really bad idea. Okay. There are other ways of uh, putting on weight okay. other than okay. coffee. But cortisol regulates be, be, uh, cortisol regulates belly fat, and so caffeine messes up your cortisol, which means that you gain weight in all the places you don't want to gain weight. And cutting just cutting coffee out of your diet may not mean that you lose weight but it's definitely going to slow the increase of weight. So there's a whole bunch of other environmental and lifestyle factors that are going to be involved in weight gain or weight loss. Have you ever had coffee? No. No? I've never, ever had a taste of it past my lips. Not caffeine? What about decaf coffee? No. No? No. Never been interested. No. Zero interest in the stuff. I see. I'm I'm, I'm actually super against mind-altering drugs. Right. Uh, but well, recreational mind-altering drugs are not medicinal ones. Different category, but recreational ones, super against it. And so I've always just like no, nothing to do with it. No alcohol, all. no coffee, no cigarettes. You know, none of the other um, illegal ones. Just not even interested. Indeed, zero interest in the stuff. I see, because one thing that I think most people do enjoy about the idea of coffee is the the community it brings with it. Sure. Like you go out to the, you go out and get a coffee. How many times have you heard that? You know, would you go out and get a coffee? Ah, absolutely. But I think what. So what's so hard about getting a cereal coffee or a um, a herb tea that's not going to have? You know, there's so many hot drink alternatives out there that don't have caffeine in them. I know there are indeed. That's that's absolutely correct. That uh, and some of those herb teas are really good for you too. You know, whenever I go past the tea shop at the shop. At the, at the local supermarket, uh-huh. I always stop in and, and taste every single one of the free samples. <laughs> You're not a freeloader. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. <laughs> All right. Where are we up to? Uh, we were talking about belly flat and it will belly fat. Yes, and belly flat. Belly flat. Yeah, let's, we can aim for that. Okay. <laughs> uh, you will feel happier and more awake. Uh, so caffeine is basically... What, Sounds what a little you, bit ironic. Yeah. You'll sound more awake by you having will be more less awake. coffee. So here's how it works. Caffeine makes your body run on credit. I see. And so what happens is that you use up, it dumps all of the energy into your system in an unregulated way so that by the time the caffeine wears off, there's no energy left. And this is actually where the danger point comes in for long-distance drivers because that drop-off will take place in like a 20, minute, 20 to 30-minute uh, time zone and it comes incredibly fast hits incredibly hard and that's where people crash and die and so you're it's actually you are a lot lot safer when you're doing you know a long distance road trip don't drink caffeine instead pull over it will kill you take a break have a sleep refresh water and um, you'll be raring to go when you are even just having even having a stop for you know ten minutes going Makes stretching stretching the legs. Makes a huge having difference. Having a sip of water or not a sip, a, a cup of water, uh, maybe a bit to eat as well. That's always good while you're driving. Um, not too much because you don't want it to go to the wrong places. But uh, you know, eating a little bit to just keep the the mouth moving, keep your head active. It's a very good way to stay awake. Okay, so caffeine increases the stress hormone. So cortisol, we talked about that before, is a stress hormone, which raises your blood sugar level, which raises inflammation, which leaves you grumpy. Indeed. So you're going to be a much happier person without that caffeine in your system. Uh, Okay, so point number four, it's going to reduce anxiety. And once again, we come back to um, it increases lactic acid. 
And uh, research has shown that there have been a lot of people who have struggled with anxiety, literally struggled with an- anxiety for decades. Yeah, right. And this is one of the one of the uh, things that's being pointed out in the article. And to cure their anxiety, all they have had to do is take them off caffeine. Really? Problem solved. Just Problem like that. Problem solved. Nothing else. Now, that's not going to cure everyone's anxiety. I realize that. But if you ask someone who suffers from anxiety, it's definitely going to be a benefit. Okay. Fifthly, increased vitamin and mineral absorption. So caffeine depletes a whole bunch of things, uh, including B6, vitamin B6. It blocks uh, the absorption of calcium, iron, magnesium, all of your B vitamins, uh, zinc. doesn't block it entirely, but it just drastically reduces the amount that you're able to absorb into your body. Um, it depletes calcium from your bones. I see. And so particularly for women who have the danger of osteo... What is it? Arthritis. Not osteoarthritis. That's not the one I'm thinking. But the one where your bones get depleted from calcium. Um, Caffeine's going to be a really bad idea. It also depletes magnesium, potassium, sodium, and phosphate in your body, um, which is you know needed in our body in a natural way to... Uh, make us be able to function. Uh, a couple more other points very quickly. If you cut out on your caffeine, you are most likely going to reduce at the same time your milk, sugar, and possibly cream intake, which is going to re- redu- which is going to create a massive calorie that drop. That is something that I uh, certainly benefit from. Yep, having small amounts of cream and dairy. Yep, cut those out. It's going to make a big difference to your calorie intake. And then finally. If you buy a coffee once a day from a coffee shop, it's going to cost you just under $1,500 per year. That's one and a half K in your pocket by the end of the year. That's definitely worth doing. Okay, this is Vocal Union with He Looked Beyond My Fault. Amazing grace shall always be my song of praise, for it was grace that bought my liberty. I do not know just why he came to love me so. He looked beyond my fault and saw my need. I shall forever lift mine eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me. song of praise for it was 
Listening to Vocal Union with He Looked Beyond My Fault here on Faith FM. As we go into the interview of the day, we have another clue for our most intriguing quiz. We do indeed. Here we go. I, we think you might get it on this next one. So the Pishon, the Gihon, and the Tigris, and the Euphrates rivers ran through me. Yeah, I know what that is. You know which one that is? Absolutely. I know exactly what that is. So, again, the, 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 the quiz card says it's a who am I? Yeah, definitely. The, definitely. I can, see where you're, more uh, of a, I can see where your argument comes with indeed. on that one. So, that means that the double prize is no longer up for grabs. However, we do have our regular prize up for grabs. And if you would like to get your hands on a copy of more incredible prayer story, answers to prayer, uh, then give us a call at 1-800-324-843 or you can send us a text at 491 Joining us on the phone this morning for his monthly update on the book of Genesis is Genesis expert Baron Newstratton. Baron, welcome to the show. Thank you, Lyle. Good to be with you. Now, we've been working through the book of Genesis for, I would say, uh, at least a year now, which has been just amazing, uh, giving us the opportunity to really delve into the depths of what it has to say. But this month we come up to a particularly interesting portion of the book of Genesis, and that is uh, chapter 7, the flood story. Uh, We need to talk about, you know, exactly what took place here and whether, you know, is the flood story even a 
reasonable story to believe in or is this just complete and total myth? So many people would say, you know, this is completely unreasonable and it's just a myth. What's your answer to that question? We can only go by what we see. And uh, the, the, all, the, uh, all the examinations that have been performed over the last uh, almost 200 years, the diggings and what have you from an archaeological point of view, the geological strata that have been examined and we know more, much more about than 200 years ago. And uh, the, the capacity for, for, for measuring certain things, we can only go by the fact as they present themselves if we go outside the Bible. And it is crystal clear, it has to be crystal clear, that if you look at this planet and its structure, and the sedimentary layers, which is uh, 80 to 90 percent of its coverage when it comes to solid land, it is quite remarkable. There has to be an explanation why it is formed the way it is formed. Okay, so basically 90 percent of the world is covered by sediment, which means that at one point it was covered by water. Is that um, essentially what we're saying there? What we're saying is that water was involved in depositing these particular layers. And as we find them globally, uh, we, it was a global matter. It was a global event, not a local event. Uh, if you look at the story, if you, as it's presented, say, uh, from the Bible, it talks about a global flood, not a local flood. Uh, and the, the Bible would be consistent with itself because if, as some of the critics say, it was only a local flood, and God said he would never destroy the world like that again, then he broke his promises by allowing local floods, and there have been quite a few of them. It was a global flood, uh, and if it was local, and all that was required would be a transmigration to where the flood would not occur. Uh, but that was not the case. There was a structure required that would... Uh, give a safe home, a safe haven to that which God preserve. Okay, so what mechanisms or models might we discuss that would indicate the possibility of something like this actually taking place? Yeah, if you look at if you look at the scenario and the, the language of, of, of Genesis and the way it is described and, and consider the fact that Lyle, that we're talking about a document that, that is three and a half thousand years old it is quite amazing. In the, in the uh, account there, as it is given in the seventh chapter of the, uh, of the book uh, of Genesis, there is a statement that I find very impressive, where it says that the fountains uh, were broken up, the fountains of water of the great deep. Uh, and that is a very important statement. Uh, it says here, in the 600 years of Noah's life, the second month, it's dated according to his, his age, the 17th day of the month on that day, all the fountains of the great deep are broken up. So we have a structure of an earth crust that is very stable, where you have tremendous subterranean reservoirs of water, incredible reservoirs of water, which is part of the hydrological system as it was before the flood. And there was no necessity for rain, where only a heavy dew was sufficient to water the plants, etc. 
Now, there might have been an intricate uh, river systems as well that would uh, also have contributed to the major flora, which uh, was far more than we have ever seen since the flood. Uh, that statement that the fountains were broken up, if you bear in mind the tremendous power of water vapor, I always use the example of Mount St. Helen there in 1980. Have you ever seen the clip, the, the video clip that blew uh, the side of the mountain. Have you ever seen that? Yeah, and that's something worth looking up on YouTube if uh, if you haven't seen it. It is absolutely mind-blowing, but on a very small scale compared to what would have happened during the flood. So it's sort of like a absolutely. micro... Absolutely. The, the flood, you would have to multiply it infinitely because the it happened all over the place uh, and obviously in a much higher uh, intensity. And that would have provided uh, the condition for an enormous downpour of rain, which uh, which is what uh, obviously did occur. And uh, when you look at the, uh, some of the gases that would be expelled as you, if you have uh, the sort of instability in the Earth's crust and you have the uh, the volcanic eruptions which uh, forms the, the sulfur dioxide and the sulfuric acid, you get this uh, aerosol type of covering that would even block sunlight would cause globally a cooling and then you could expect, and this is the other remarkable thing, uh, Lyle, you would expect some evidence of a global cooling as well, particularly uh, as you go towards the poles. It would have been extreme. And the whole basis of what we are seeing by way of climate change, and boy, it would take quite a long time to explain everything. Uh, we have seen uh, the obvious presence of an ice age that must have occurred. The evidences are there. The receding permafrost, particularly in the Northern Hemisphere, are very much indicative of this. Uh, everything in the book of Genesis, the account of the flood, what must have happened and what we see and can, can, can observe certainly corresponds with each other. And it seems to me to be very easy to understand that uh, the account of Genesis has to be accurate. Mm-hmm. Now, one of the big questions that I've been asked by people on various occasions is, how is it possible to flood the entire planet? I mean, we've got mountains here that are nearly 30,000 feet tall. Are we talking about water that's 30,000 feet deep? And if so, where, the, where did all that water go? <laughs> that's a very good question. The first uh, question should be where did the water come from? And we just talked about the tremendous reservoirs of the deep, that most of it came to the surface. There was a swaddling cloth of water vapor engulfing the whole planet, giving the stability of a climate and an ecological system that could have lasted forever, uh, unlike now where we have a, will have a use by date. Uh, so the, the, the reality is that the, the water uh, that, we, uh, that cover the Earth is obviously to be found in the major oceans. We have tremendous depths and tremendous reservoirs of water in the oceans. Uh, the ratio of length to water is also very different. And what is very uh, interesting, if you look, Lyle, at all the mountain ranges, the major mountain ranges, you find actually, you find um, uh, sea life, fossilized sea life 
right up on the height of those mountains, which means that those mountains that are now high uh, are act- were actually the coverings of the ocean floors before the flood, which gives you some indication of the tremendous upheavals that must have found place globally. Okay, so if we're talking about, you know, mountain ranges like, you know, the Andes, the Alps, the Rockies, the Himalayas and so forth, being driven up during this time period, then that's a tremendous amount of turmoil that's taking place here on this earth. Yeah, well, what happened, obviously, can you imagine the tremendous power that is required to do that? It's absolutely incredible. Um, But yet the evidence is there. The crustaceal sea life that's fossilized and found on the height of these mountains is not mobile. So clearly, uh, these, these parts of the mountains must have been the bottom of the oceans at the time. We have a complete different... Uh, what shall I say, uh, formation of land to, to water that we had from before the flood. And you can only think of the tremendous convection that has been present at the time as we have the continents, if you want. I always challenge those when I talk about these things, uh, folks, those folks that are listening, that when you look at the globe and you look at the continents, you know, if you sit down, it's almost like a puzzle, a pieces that you can put together. Sure. Try that. Yeah. And you, you'll find that actually there would have been one tremendous continent, but it split up. The, the, the Earth's crust split up. Tremendous convections found place and submerging tectonic plates, giving us the height of the mountains as we know it today, which clearly wasn't there before the flood. They were much slower, much, much slower. Nothing like we would see today. Um, everything makes perfectly sense when you take your time, you go through the account, and it all just nicely, nicely fits. How much more, you know, the assumption would be that before the flood there would have been a lot more dry land and a lot less oceans. Um, yeah. Is that a correct assumption, and how much more dry land would we have had before the flood, yeah. Well, that's that's anybody's guess how how much. Going by the coal deposits globally, uh, we would have had a much uh, superior landmass compared to what we have today. Now, now about five eight basically is is, uh, is water coverage, ocean coverage. That would have been very different uh, before the flood. Uh, and where all the water came from? Again, I refer to that verse that in the seventh chapter that there were tremendous reservoirs of water subterranean and uh, they would account for much of the water that uh, came into the uh, came to the surface and, and so much of our fossil fuels are found beneath the ocean you know we have oil rigs all over the world that are drilling out fossil yeah. fuels that are beneath the ocean uh, does that indicate that these were once portions of land that were rather than being at the bottom of the ocean, were uh, actually, you know, uh, dry land at one point. Yeah, you, you see, you, you, we find, as you say, a lot of a lot of oil there uh, covered, obviously, by water, oceans, etc. And uh, it has to be, obviously, economically uh, viable to, to retract that. But there also will be coal deposits there as well. 
coal deposits and, and oil, and particularly gas as well, are all indicators of a tremendous flora that's found placed on a scale that we simply haven't seen since the flood. Uh, basically, the, uh, the oil is are these complex hydrocarbons, and uh, that's all part of the, uh, the, 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 the flora that once covered so lusciously this whole planet. Yes, it sounds like our planet was a uh, truly a paradise before the flood came to this world and brought so much destruction, particularly when we look at you know the bits and pieces that we find that are sort of left over yeah. from it, our oil and coal and so forth. Barand, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's been fantastic having you on the show again today to talk about the mechanism of how you know the flood you know, possibly could have taken yeah. place uh, so long ago and to compare it with the evidence that we have in our world right now Absolutely fascinating. Mm. Thank you so much for joining us again today. A pleasure. We're going to move on with the show right now, and this is the Downing family. This is uh, the Master's Hand. You're listening to Faith FM. Everything except for no one, his wife, their three sons and their wives, and a pair of every kind of creature walk in the land. And the people mocked and they made fun, but oh no, a work till it was done, cause he was holding to the master's hand. The master's hand is always held out to
team here at Faith FM want to encourage you to be God's hands and feet in your communities, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Remember to call your friends and family and ask if there's anything they need, whether it's food, some toilet paper, or just a chat. Little things like this make a big difference to loved ones who just want to know that you're safe and sound. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Is forgiveness, or the lack of forgiveness, eating away at you? A relationship breakdown, maybe. Long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. Crown, 
Oh, the color of the gown, as long as Jesus is in town, I wanna be there.